the Black Scholars Podcast. BlackScholarsPublishing.com That uh, we should get our own. Once we have our own, uh, we're respected for the fact that we can create our own. And uh, that's equality right there. Superintendent at the time they hired the principal felt that um, they really needed uh, an African American in that position for the community to see a black man at the helm. Nate, on the other hand, had never been a principal. I think it's sometimes he's in over his head. Just because I have a black principal doesn't mean that all the black issues are necessarily going to be addressed immediately or just effectively because he still has an overall community which is predominantly white to answer to the conversations about race equity i would hope that you see that people here care and are about change been hearing this for so many years i'm 76 years old now i hope i'm not dead by the time there are changes but what i have a problem with is when a teacher of color or even white, they want to make changes, they don't stay here very long, they leave. A leader is somebody who inspires people, who challenges people, who fights the good fight and pushes people to do what's right for kids. Uh, There's none of that here. I don't want to really comment on that black principle because I don't interact with him very much. I've, uh, so I, I, It's uh, kind of interesting. Some students think that I'm the principal because they see me more than they see him. So I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I'm sure he does a lot behind, uh, behind the paperwork, behind the desk, but um, I don't interact with him. When the Illinois State Board of Education conducted its first ever survey of teachers, students, and parents assessing the school's effectiveness, the administration received some of the worst scores in the state measured on a hundred point scale. This was especially troubling for a school with OPRF's reputation. The survey showed that teachers didn't always feel respected, that administrators were not collaborative. January 4th or Institute Day, one of the things I wanted to make sure that people knew uh, was that... But I don't think that the low results for Nate are being driven by um, issues of, of race. Even if race was part of the question, you're not going to get that low of rating. That's not going to carry the day. Nate thought, well, what do I need to do to build relationships? He came up with being more visible. And he showed up at assemblies, athletic events, because there was the sense that, well, who is the principal? And not a lot of students knowing who he was. 
I'm Mr. Rouse, I'm your principal. I've uh, been here for eight years. I guess I can tell you a little bit about myself. And, Beyond that, uh, I'm not quite sure what his strategies are to improve. Um, and I know that you hear this all a lot from adults, but we know what it's like to be in high school in this struggle. And when those low numbers came out, he also stood in front of the faculty and said, I'll be better, I'm gonna make changes and whatever. And I don't think you've seen those changes. We're continuing to work with students and finding alternative ways to um, teach them and provide support for them. Um. This year's survey showed some improvement, but the administration's performance remained well below state averages. Wow. Episode 44, the final episode to end the America to Me documentary series available on Stars. Also available on Participants to Me. Link is in the show notes. Or you can also find it on social media, specifically Instagram. And this is coming off of episode 43, which broke down episode 9 of the docu-series. And I specifically said, and I've kind of said it or hinted towards it before... I don't like the superintendent for this district. He seems very passive. I don't like some of the comments he has made during the uh, committee meetings or meetings with the school board. He doesn't seem very precise and concise with his language, his communication, and for whatever reason, we're not really seeing anything. I also said I don't really like the principal, and, and, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Uh, I mean that in terms of the superintendent and the principal both declined to be interviewed or be a part of the actual film. So pretty much they don't have a story to tell from their perspective. We're not getting a full view of what they actually do. If the principal would have agreed... Perhaps we would have a more accurate or authentic uh, perception of what he's actually doing to address the achievement gap. You guys just heard it, and as you watch the episode, you'll see him in front of a crowd of black parents. I didn't notice any uh, school board members there, so he was meeting with parents to address concerns about African-Americans' achievement in that school. And we've heard it before, and we've talked about it before. I'm thinking specifically back to the beautiful African-American mom who said her son couldn't wait to get out of Oak Park River Forest High and head to a HBCU so he can reclaim his identity. That is a red flag and honestly my jaw is still dropped from that sound bite from hearing that mom say that and at the beginning of this episode principal rouse is saying i can't be a part of the status quo i mean look at me i'm a black guy i'm a black man i can never be a part of the status quo but as we just heard the evidence we just heard what are you actually doing? Where is the sense of urgency? Where is the enrichment? Where is the intervention? We've heard it from teacher, from parents, from all educators. We heard it from Dr. Holland. Shout out to Dr. Holland, who was able to leave Oak Park. And she went to Lake Forest High School 
and and now she's still the head principal there and they're doing great. And it's like any, as I said, any educator who is there and wants to change things up, particularly those educators of color, they leave. And I just said last episode, I'm amazed that Miss Stovall is still there. They won't implement her woven program. The principal pulled her into his office last episode and told her she can't do her racial equity work. Again, there's zero overhead. There's zero cost. They're not asked. As far as we know, there's no funding needed, no fundraising needed. Just let us organize this. Let us construct this. And let's make this thing happen. In order to change the status quo, we shouldn't try to circumvent current leadership in order to do so. Current leadership should be on board. Let me be candid. Education can be an extremely boring career if you're not actually trying to fully educate the students and enhance the lives of the students in the communities that your school and school system serves in. If it's just about punching in the clock, hey, I'm principal of such and such school, running a few faculty meetings, sending a few emails, if you're just running through the motions of education, even as a teacher, education is a very boring field. Unless you are passionate about this thing, you're passionate about changing lives, you're paying attention to what's going on in society, you are attentively, I said that wrong, attentively, there we go, connecting the dots and correlating between education and that paradigm in society. And, and if you are an educator, you're a lifelong learner, that means you read you pay attention to the latest educational research. You pay attention to anything that could potentially be connected or correlated to education. Causation. And so anything about socioeconomics, jobs, anything with the economy, anything with businesses, anything with small business ownership, anything with crime, anything with police brutality, this is all connected to education. We have a better society if we have done what we were supposed to do while we have this kids, we have our kids in this K-12 system, while we have them in that bubble, we're supposed to be producing productive, positive citizens that fully participate in society. There should be no school-to-prison pipeline. Blasphemous. There should be no privatization of prisons and people profiting off of the privatization, privatization of prisons based on third-grade literacy scores. Should not happen. Because third grade literacy scores should all be high, should all be great. 
if kids don't get the foundation, regardless of what's going on in their home, okay? So we can't fix things in the past, but we can't atone for those sins. K through 12 has been trash for a long, long time. And so even the, the very beginning of this episode, the last episode of the docuseries is starting off with inciting action. I love it. But I hate it at the same time because this is his eighth year in leadership as a principal. I understand what the former principal was saying that sometimes it feels like he's over his head. He shouldn't be over his head in his eighth year of his tenure of such a big and successful school that has a reputation of academic achievement. First of all, it shouldn't have a reputation of academic achievement. If for the longest, there's been this huge achievement gap between white students and African-American students, should not, shouldn't have that reputation. And as a leader, simply being a part of meetings and extracurricular activities, I mean, that's the standard. At least that is where I have been in education in Tennessee. That is the standard. The principal, the assistant principals, they're everywhere. They pick and choose. They, they, they uh, delegate and conquer. All right, you're going to the football game. I'm going to the soccer game. You're going to the basketball game. You're going to the um, banquet. You're going to, you know, they divide and conquer. That's a part of leadership. It's a part of being a part of the community. It just is. So for him to think because... They had those terrible numbers as far as teacher satisfaction and their perspective of, of, of current leadership. Just showing up doesn't necessarily build relationships. You need to do more than that. Where are the surveys, man? And I hate surveys. But you have to have a way where you can ascertain, extract perspectives and, and truth from the faculty you serve. Notice what I just said there. If you are in school leadership, you serve the faculty. You serve the students. You serve the parents, the stakeholders, and community. It is not an easy job. I know that. I've never been a principal before, but I've been in this thing for 10 years. I've worked with several different principals. I'm in a educational leadership program prior to that, prior to me even officially being a teacher, I was in a educational leadership program for higher ed. I wanted to be a provost. So I know about leadership. And I'm going to be candid with you guys. Some people are natural leaders. It is something that everyone can hone, but you can't teach, you can hone leadership skills but doesn't necessarily make you a leader, from my perspective. And I say that humbly. From my perspective, I believe in transformational leadership. I believe in servant leadership, heavy on the servant. I believe in servitude. If there's one word that is going to describe you, what word would you get tattooed on you? What, what's one word you would get on your tombstone? Mine would be servitude or servant. 
if I can get two words, servant leader. Seriously. That's how I'm taught at Christian Brothers University. I believed it before I went to Christian Brothers University. I could have went anywhere to get my educational licensure. I chose Christian Brothers University in Memphis, Tennessee for that exact reason. There is a connection between leading a school and being a servant under God. And I'm not teaching or, or, or conveying any religious message. You know who you were created by. You know what you're supposed to do with your gifts. You know what your purpose is. You can't be a principal, especially a black principal, at a school like that. Did you hear what the behavioral interventionist said? He said, most of the students think I'm the principal because they see me more than they see him. The fact that he has to stand there in front of students and introduce himself, I am Principal Rouse, I am your principal, and the kids looking at him like, oh, that's our principal? That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing on so many levels. And look, guys, when I record these episodes, I'm watching each episode several times before I press record. And I'm watching one episode at a time. I'm not really going ahead. I did that a couple of times, but I tried not to go too far ahead because I wanted my reaction. I wanted my analysis to be fresh. I wanted my analysis to be in the moment. It's more effective that way. And I've enjoyed this series. This has been great. But there's no coincidence that last episode, I was just criticizing this guy along with the superintendent. In the last episode, the last installment of this docu-series, of this documentary, is how terrible a job he's doing. And we have a parent, or maybe she's a grandparent, who's saying, look, I hope you guys make these changes. Before I die, the achievement gap needs to change. Teachers who want to make the change and fight against the status quo particularly those who are black or brown or of any minority race, ethnicity, they should have the opportunity to make those changes in this school. It's like a, it's like an NBA franchise. Let's think of a bad one. The New York Knicks. Shout out to you Knicks fans. You have the opportunity to draft a lot of good players. Sometimes you draft them, they play on your team for a year or two, Sometimes you trade them away on draft day. Whatever the case may be, the New York Knicks have had plenty of opportunity to have a much better franchise than they currently have. And if you look at those players who should have been New York Knicks players right now, they've been very successful elsewhere. That means your system is broken. Your system is ineffective. You need to change leadership. You need to get structured, you need to get organized, you need a vision, you need a mission, and you need buy-in from everyone from the ball boy to the girl that sells beer to the guy uh, that sells nachos to the coaches, to the assistant coaches, to the fans, to every. You need buy-in. You need a vision. You need a purpose. You can't be a principal and don't have a purpose. And don't think you have a purpose just because, hey, I'm a black man 
at this huge, this hugely widely successful, at least that's the reputation, high school, and you have an achievement gap of 75 years between your group, black people, black kids, and the majority. You get no points for being a token Negro. And I don't know this guy personally, and I'm not personally attacking him. Please, please don't misconstrue me as personally attacking him. But the vantage point that we get since he refused to be a part of this, this film, this documentary, is all we can react to and analyze and comprehend. So if you're in leadership, if you're new to leadership, if you're thinking about being in leadership, if you have been in leadership, please make sure you are there for the right reason. And the right reason is, is not just having more coins. It's not just having a bigger house, a better direct deposit. It's got to be bigger than that. What are you doing with that power that you have acquired? I don't understand how black principals are having difficulties Uh acquiring, hiring, sustaining, developing. And that's the other thing that, that really bothers me with this. So in Tennessee, there's a rubric for everything. Whether you're a librarian, you're a school counselor, you're a SPED teacher, you're a general education teacher, you're a PE teacher, you're assistant principal, you're a principal, you're a superintendent, you're a school board member. There's literally a rubric for everything. And everyone is evaluated on their effectiveness. And so one of the things I know about the rubric that school leaders, principals have to follow, a huge part of that is developing your human capital is developing your teachers into leaders. If you have a great classroom teacher, your goal should not be to keep them a classroom teacher for the rest of their career, unless they want that. Your goal should be to develop your classroom teachers into whatever purpose-driven field they want to be in, which may or may not be in education. Maybe you have a great English teacher, and really they need to be running their own nonprofit. They're affecting the community too. If we are going to do the work that needs to be done, it has to be comprehensive. It has to be a multi-pronged system. We just can't win it through education. Education comes in many forms. Can't just be in a, a typical, stereotypical K through 12 building. That's not it. That's not it. But you have a lot of classroom teachers who could do a better job than you of leading a school. Develop them. Doesn't mean they're going to take your job. Doesn't mean they're a threat. And don't look at them as they're a threat. Develop them. There are a lot of schools out here. There are a lot of districts out here. There are a lot of leadership positions out here. And it's going to continue to grow because education's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. With all of the ADHD, ADD, learning disabilities, all this misbehaviors, all these things going on, and we're, and we're in a pandemic, 
which we don't know when will stop. We don't know if this is it, if it's the coronavirus, it's going to be something else two years from now, something else five years from now. Like I said before, virtual learning is here to stay. It doesn't mean we're going to always have these numbers in virtual learning, but there's always going to be a need for a virtual school, a virtual academy, virtual teachers, virtual students. There will always be a need, which means we're going to need leadership for virtual schools. Those are new opportunities. Be grateful for it. We're not grateful or thankful for the pandemic because people are really getting sick and really dying. People are in financial despair because of this thing, hospital bills and loss of job and other things. But there are a lot of opportunities out there. Your goal as a leader leader is to serve serve your faculty they're on your front line do the research you know the research otherwise you wouldn't be a school leader you wouldn't be qualified teachers are the number one factor for student achievement or student failure teachers so if I'm a school leader, I'm feeding my teachers, I'm making sure they're fed, I'm checking in on my teachers, make sure everything's good at home, I'm meeting with my teachers, I'm figuring out their goals. You know how every classroom teacher is supposed to keep a, a track, a portfolio, or some type of data collection for each one of their scholars, each one of their students? Principals should be doing the same thing. You should know what Mr. Wilson wants to do. You should know my end goal, my five-year plan. And if that's too much for you to meet with your staff to actually get to know them, then you're a part of the problem. Black, white, Asian, whatever, Hispanic, whatever you are, you need to get out of school leadership. Seriously. What's so park like? What really matters is that their kid actually gets to have a black kid in their class so they can say they're in a diverse class. Personally, what I try to comprehend is the correlation between race and socioeconomics. Old Park is so close to the city, and when you have a lot of people moving and transitioning, trying to come to Old Park to provide their students with better education, oftentimes they're coming from a different norm and value set. You come from a home where Parents checked homework on a daily basis. Your father may have graduated from college, and you have capital that's passed down generationally. A lot of the students I deal with, they're content with surviving, you know, being, right. just working. Can I ask you know? a question about that? So what do you do if someone walks away from that statement and says, see, some kids just aren't coming to this high school with the right equipment. They aren't set up right. They don't have parents who care about this, parents who read to them, blah, blah, blah. See? Like, what can we do? But I guess I would say is that I can't fix some of that shit. None of us can. Some of that I can't touch. And I'm not even sure to what extent those things are legitimately causing what we're seeing. But I know that some of what's happening is caused by us. And that's the stuff that we can work on. It's the only stuff we can work on. And I'm not going to disavow my responsibility in it. I, I need to look at what we can do to change the, the system that's there no matter who's coming in the door. All right. So shout out to Mr. Clark, who is the special education teacher, um, as well as the hip hop sponsor 
talked about him a few episodes ago, as well as uh, Terrence's and Kendall's English teacher. Um, He is awesome. He is one who has discussed the fact that Oak Park River Forest, as far as their tracking system is set up, they have way too many honors courses. They have way too many kids in honors, and it seriously uh, is a problem. It's a problem that I'm currently looking at in my own school where, you know, we went from this is the criteria, it's based on this, and then basically our regular classes or standard classes were filled with kids who used to be in honors, but now they've got to work their way back up. Well, they suddenly changed that for, you know, whatever reason, parental uh, uh, feedback is, is what I've, I've heard from some, some higher ups. And so then now it seems like everybody is in, is in higher ed, uh, not higher ed, uh, honors. And so I literally went from teaching one honors course virtually online to now I have three. And I'm like, Seriously? Because I can give these kids one assessment that's uh, based on eighth grade standards for ELA, and I guarantee I can tell who's really honors and who's not. And that's not because we don't want kids to be in honors, but if they don't actually belong in the honors class, we shouldn't just force them to go into an honors class. So anyways, um, so the point that he's making is, is accurate. We can't control everything that's going on in kids' lives. Like, we know that. And if you're a newer teacher, maybe you don't know that, and you come into this profession, and you want to change the world. And that's admirable. um, That's commendable. And, you know, I I can never tell anyone how big their purpose should ever be. I could never clarify what someone's purpose actually is. God designed us. He created us. You were created by the creator. You were created to create. You were created to shake the status quo. Who am I to tell you what your purpose is? So if you want to change the room, I mean, excuse me, you want to change the world and you walk into a classroom, then do so. And I do believe educators, we do have the opportunity, and we do have the power to change the world. But I will argue, if it's just you, it's limited. That's why when I got some experience under my belt, I got some success under my belt, and I repeated that and repeated that and repeated that, I said, it's time to start the podcast. It's time to build a community. It's time to write a book. It's time. Everyone has their own career path. Everyone has their own trajectory. Everyone has their own purpose. But we can't control what's going on outside of the classroom, unfortunately. What's going on outside of the school building? The only thing we can focus on is making sure we're not a part of the problem and that we are indeed engaging these kids, building rapport with these kids, teaching these kids the skills and concepts, supplying them with the knowledge and the real-life authentic lessons that will last them a lifetime. We are in the business of enhancing lives, changing lives, transforming lives. That's what I'm in it for. 
And if you're a fan, a supporter of this podcast, you're part of this community, then you're doing the same thing. We're in the fight together. I'm not doing this by myself. I might be the only one on a podcast talking, but I'm not the only one. And I know I'm not the only one because you guys show me so much love. And I try to show it right back, and I appreciate that. But just the fact that you have this racial equity group, and uh, they're over Ms. Stovall's house, and they have to do it off campus, that lets me know at Oak Park, despite all the criticism that I've spewed over this documentary, not about the documentary, because the documentary is beautiful. It's well shot. They pick the right people and everything about it. The pacing, it's beautiful. But I've criticized some of the practices by the teachers, as well as the administrators, the superintendent. I've definitely criticized that. But when I take a, a step back as we've approached the end, they've got a good group of educators that are not naive to what's going on. They know black and brown kids are dying in these streets. They know about the achievement gap. They're actually trying to do something about it. They know that uh, 60% plus, 65% plus of the school's population should not be in honors courses. Black, white, brown, Asian, it doesn't matter. Some kids are in honors courses just because their parents push them to be in honors courses. Are they actually prepared for the workload? Do they actually show mastery of those standards? Or they should just be in a standards class. There's nothing wrong with the standards class. Honors comes with a certain level of rigor that most kids aren't able to meet the expectations of. AP classes come with a certain level of rigor. Dual enrollment, a certain level of rigor. IB courses, certain level of rigor. I hope I'm saying that one right. So, I just want to take this time to again thank the filmmakers who've reached out to me behind the scenes. They've been listening, they've been paying attention. I received a shout out from Miss Stovall on IG. I'm going to continue to show love to that faculty and staff. A lot of love for the filmmakers, a lot of love for all of those students from Keyshawn to Kendall to Tierra. Lord, I hope Tierra's got her, her mind right nowadays. You know, this was filmed in 2015, 2016. Tierra was a sophomore, it's 2020. Tierra's graduated from high school now. I hope she's doing well. And you guys can do the research. There's all types of uh, YouTube videos available. And Chicago Tribune uh, did something special regarding all the 12 kids, 12 students that the documentary focused on. Shout out to Grant, his dad. His dad teaches fifth grade. I hope he's still in the classroom or at least still in education. Like This is a great group of kids. Even the latest additions, the white students, uh, Brandon. Brandon's into photography. He's doing baseball. He's great. Caroline, she's, I know she's doing well. And she's a freshman at the time of this filming. 
it's 2020. All those kids have graduated at this point, and I just hope that they're doing well. I'm sure that they are. And uh, maybe in the future, you know, I'll do some research and see what's going on with them. Um, I did have the opportunity to, with the filmmakers, to contact individual students or teachers and have them on the show. I really didn't want to do that because then I feel like, you know, I discovered this documentary two years late. This documentary came out in 2018. I don't remember seeing any marketing, advertising, anything. And the only thing I was watching stars in 2018 for was, you know it, power. And I discovered stars when I used to watch Spartacus. And after Spartacus, uh, what was the other show I used to watch? Uh, Boss. I used to watch Boss with, um, uh, I can't think of his real name. He played uh, Frasier. He played in Frasier, the main character. And so it was a show called Boss with Sanai Lathan. That's really, really good. And that was a star show. And then Power developed, and I caught Power very early on. So that's the only reason I've you know, ever really subscribed to Stars. So for me to find this, and I didn't even find it on Stars, I found it on Hulu. Then they took it off of Hulu, and it's you know still, of course, available on Stars. You can watch it for free through the participants to me uh, information and log in, and that information's in the show notes. But I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to break anything else down. I don't want to analyze any of this. Just looking back, we've talked about data a lot. We talk about being purpose-driven. We've talked about leadership a lot. We've talked about crime in Chicago. We talked about effective uh, instructional strategies, how to get kids engaged who aren't really engaged. Social emotional learning. We've talked about so many different topics, and this documentary is great because of it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this series. This was a lot of work. It took a lot of time watching all of these episodes because I didn't just watch them once, I watched them several times. I had to pace myself through it. School started back. I wanted to get this done before school started back. But, hey, it is what it is. Please continue to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podbean, YouTube. We're everywhere. If you got Alexa, you got an Alexa Google device, you can say, hey, Alexa, play Black Scholars Podcast. Alexa will find us. Guaranteed. But I appreciate you guys. You know how to reach me. Also, pay attention to the show notes. There's a way you could be a part of the show. I want to implement a question and answer section. You can actually leave me a short voicemail uh, asking any questions or making any comments. I will play it on the podcast for everyone to hear. Um, we're averaging about 2,000, 2,000 plus Per episode, that is great for a small podcast. We got big goals, big plans, big aspirations. Again, thank you guys for supporting the show through Patreon as well as BlackScholarsClothing.com. Definitely appreciate you guys for that. But please leave a voicemail. The link is on uh, social media as well as in the show notes. 
I hope you guys have enjoyed this series. I know I have. And shout out to everyone in Chicago, Oak Park, Illinois in general. Cook County. I think it's Cook County. Love you guys. I'm out. What can I say? Mamba out. Thank you for listening to the Black Scholars Podcast. For more information, go to blackscholarspublishing.com. You just gotta. So the ones don't slay in our history, one on slave ships, one on